It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Brought to you by Pathfinder Bank, Slocum Dixon Medical Group, and by Labatt Blue. Barber to the high slot sprawl shot. Save Layton. And now Utica. Built some tempo through center. Darcy, burst to speed, goes to the goal. Oh, and he scores! Cam Darcy with the game winner in overtime. The Comets win 3-2. What a goal by Cam Darcy, his ninth of the season, and his second it's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. It's hockey, Comets Insider, 72 Tavern and Grill, 94.9 K-Rock. I'm Rain, Scoop is here. The place is packed as usual for 10 cent wing night. It smells fantastic in here. The parking lot is packed. I mean, you, you got to struggle to get a parking space out there tonight. 745, Corey Hergott will join us from Canucks Army. Uh, we're we're going to kind of look at some of the players that are available for a playoff run because I'm expecting the Comets will be there. I'm a positive person. Ben Burnell, Ellery Award-winning journalist for the Observer Dispatch. Ben Burnell is here. He'll hit a mic at 730. But in the meantime, the goalie situation seems to be stabilized finally because of our guest tonight, Michael Layton Scoop. It, it really, you've settled in. I mean, you want to add to that before we let him? Well, uh, I'm curious for you, how long did it feel? How long did it take for you to feel like you had settled in? You hadn't played a lot of hockey for a while. And it didn't seem, from an observer's point of view, my, my eyes, that, you know, it didn't take too long. Uh, well, I went to Ontario and California, and I got in three or four games there. So that, that definitely made it easier when I came here. Um, but really, just the kind of the game-like situations, you just can't get in practice. And that's, you know, uh, line rushes and, and shots off the wing with people driving the net and stuff like that. So for me, I think it probably took, you know, I felt good in Ontario. So the, the last couple of games, I felt pretty good. So two or three, and then I had about five or six weeks off till I came here. So then it took another one or two games to really start feeling good again. Because you've got to get used to your teammates and how your D plays in front of you. And there's a bit of an adjustment there. Plus, still with the game situations, you know, the funny bounces and everything. I don't know. There's no way to really kind of do that in practice yeah you know every team plays different and uh you have different defense in front of you older younger whatever but uh usually it's a chemistry thing and so far it's been going good for us goaltender for the utica comets michael layton lates of course would be the official hockey nickname number 49 uh, that's a, a not a common number for goalies is there a significance i i looked and i dug online and i was trying <laughs> to find something maybe in an article somewhere but i didn't so i didn't know if there was you just happened to have it I wore 29 in junior. I wanted 29 my first year pro, but uh, Casey Hankinson wore it in Norfolk, Virginia. So I had to switch numbers. I looked at 39, and I was not a Dominic Koshik fan. So I went to 49. Is Stuck that, with it. Is that a, any relation to Ben? Ben Hankinson, yep. 
is that his uh, brother his brother Ben was a Utica devil at one point he's now a player agent actually yep. Yep. Uh, for he works for my, the agency I'm with with Octagon so, oh there we go yeah, see it's so. a small world. and you were yeah. also at one point basically called up to replace a, a, a goalie that was injured with Philadelphia in around 2007 uh, his name happens to be Robert Ash as the, some yep. call him yep. Chico so small it, world it's a small even smaller world in, in hockey so let's uh, hear a little bit about that what do you got for us first thing that pops to mind then maybe that first time you met Rob Ash and now here you are and this is his his baby his, so to speak yeah his his show here uh it's his city uh, really the first time I went to Philadelphia I didn't know anybody so I walked in the locker room and he was the first guy to, to come up and greet me and and welcome me to the team and uh you know very outgoing guy and and we kind of hit it off right at the start and he, he was just getting back to practicing and uh, getting back into games and stuff so it was good to have a guy like that an older guy obviously and I was you know middle age still kind of younger at that time so it was good to have him uh, kind of mentor me a little bit he was a player rep and obviously highly respected uh, he had a lot to say back in I think it was 2004-ish right that was when the strike happened and just talk about him as far as what you observed not just with your own interactions but around the room and the respect he had in the locker room and him as a teammate and things like that it'd be a nice a different side for Comets fans to hear than the role that he plays now with this team well yeah anytime you see those you know kind of older guys that have been around for a little while and they as a younger guy you look to those guys to to, to kind of guide you and show you how how things are done and 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 how to be a pro um so for him just you know really i just looked at him on the ice you know i i, I obviously took uh the way he approached me and stuff so when i see a younger guy come in that's shy doesn't know anybody to just to go up to him and introduce yourself and and you know see if they need anything that is a a huge part to it because those guys will remember that kind of the rest of their life you know that that, that, that older guy did you know Do you- come to help him out you're even newer to the Utica Comets than Ivan Kolbikov, but did you feel a sense of that mentorship role that, you know, try to be a guide as an older veteran? Because obviously you have 18 years as a professional hockey player, and he's a young guy still. Yeah, you know, we have a goalie coach here, so, I, you know, I, I don't want to step on any toes, but I come in and, and I try to help him out as much as I can. And, yeah. and, I, and I told him, I, I said, you know, just, just watch me on the ice. You know, I'm still... I'm, 37 years old and i'm still one of the hardest workers on the ice i'm going to try to battle for every puck and, and he and he's he does that you know for, for 21 years old or 22 whatever he is uh he works his butt off man that kid is is crazy so it, it's good hockey. to see he loves it he loves it so who are the guys the players on the comets who helped you assimilate here and get comfortable as quickly as you possibly could. Well, I knew I knew a few guys, so you know, just coming in, and, and we have a lot of older guys, Banksy and, and Hamilton, and uh, you know, those guys just come right up to you and, and start talking to you right away, and they know me, and I know them just from playing against each other. So um, that's what's kind of made it easy for me late in my career is I've played against a lot of these guys over the last you know five, ten years, and uh, you, you kind of just get to know them from playing against each other, and, and when you see each other, it's like, oh, hey, man, how are you? You know. <laughs> And but finally made it to your team. And how much did you know about Utica and the Comets organization before you got here, before this started cooking? Well, I, I did. Uh, I seen Eshi a few years ago uh, in Hilton Head uh, with, with the meetings with the, the GMs and owners and stuff. So uh, I talked with him a little bit there. But even before, when, when Utica first came here, uh, I knew he was running it and, and running the building and doing a great job. And the fans were great. And, I, you know, all I kept hearing about is how good the fans were. The first time I played here, uh, I'm not sure what team I was with. Maybe Charlotte. 
I'm not sure. It sounds uh, about right. But, you know, it was a sold-out crowd, great atmosphere, and uh, I was really impressed. Let's see. Uh, could it have been Adirondack, possibly? Yes, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Was it Adirondack? Probably, probably early on when they first started here, maybe. I just want to kind of go through the amazing journey that has been your hockey career. For those who don't know, uh, just NHL teams that Michael Layton has played for. The Blackhawks, who drafted you. You had a second stint there. We'll get to that. Uh, but the Blackhawks, a couple years NHL debut 2002-2003 season, got into eight games. Nashville Predators for a game. The Flyers, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, parts of three seasons. Back to the Flyers. Uh, some time back down at Adirondack, then the Flyers again. Flyers again in 2012-2013. And then a stint in the KHL, which is something you have in common with Robert Ash, which I want to ask about in a few minutes. Uh, then back to the Chicago Blackhawks. Then the Carolina Hurricanes. Then last year was the Crunch, Chicago Wolves, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, just to get here. And I warned you ahead of time, tell us about the transient lifestyle of, of your career. You, man, you travel a lot, and you, you've, you're a suitcase guy. Yeah, you got, a bag packed, you got a bag packed all the time, ready to go. Does your wife say, hey, Michael, there's a bag in the front closet for you, man? I mean, I got stuff stashed in the back of my car, pillows and blankets <laughs> around the clothes. I mean, we got to talk about what a rock star <laughs> Mrs. Layton is, obviously, yeah. is supporting yeah. you for all these years. We'll get to that in a minute, but your first response to all that. Well, it's pretty much came down to my family had to stop coming with me because I was getting tossed around so much and, yeah. and just the uncertainty of where I was going to be. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of cities, a lot of teams, a lot of, a lot of teammates. Um, I like to think it because I'm, I'm a good guy and every team wants me. But, yeah. you know, uh, if I was that good, I'd be staying on the same team all the time and, and getting 10-year contracts like some of those guys up top. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely been a, a tough roller coaster ride of a, a career. But, um, you know, hopefully when I'm done, I can all look at it and, and be proud of every city I played for. I, th- I think that you should be. And, you know, you know we wanted to we were going to initially just recap the past few games, but it's been kind of more fun to get to know you right off the top. But I, I want to bring it up. And I know you were kind of like, oh, because of that shot by that guy on the Blackhawks when you weren't playing for him in a Stanley Cup final with Philadelphia. But, but don't discredit yourself is my point because you were integral in, a, integral in a Stanley Cup final run. You lost it in six games to Chicago, and it was a, a fluky kind of goal. But I have never played in the Stanley Cup final, and a lot of guys that play don't get to. And it was magical. And uh, there's stuff online. There's an article I printed out for us where you kind of reflected on that journey. I think it was about a year or so ago. And just tell us about that, because that doesn't suck to be able to do something like that. Yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things where I, I was in Carolina and things weren't working out there, and uh, my, you know, they told me they were looking to to trade me or send me down, and my agent was talking to a, to a few teams, and, and Philly was a team that popped up that had a couple injuries, and uh, you know, my agent called Paul Holmgren and said, hey, you know, Mike's going to come there, he'll play for you know two or three weeks, whatever. When you get healthy, he'll go down and play in the minors and be a good guy, and. Uh, so they they agreed agreed to it and and they picked me up off on waivers and uh, when I got there they had a couple injuries and I ended up just you know getting a chance to play lots of games and I played well um, you know it seemed to be a good fit with that team uh, I had a high ankle sprain in in March 17th I think so I was out for the remainder of the season and uh, first round of playoffs and second round of playoffs Brian Boucher blows out both of his knees and I get a chance to play and uh, like I said sometimes. Uh, the atmosphere and the, 
you know the defense and, and goalies just click and, and it, it was just a, it was all around worked out good yeah the the numbers I'm not going to bore everybody with the numbers but you and I said this to you off the air you played you might have lost the Stanley Cup final and I'm not trying to pour salt in the wound but you played really really well and what a what an amazing lifetime experience to take with you on your hockey journey scoop I'm kind of curious about your experience playing hockey in the Carolinas. You're with a, you were with the Charlotte Checkers, very good team. Carolina Hurricanes, they've had a couple of runs here and there. But you're a guy from Ontario, and that's NASCAR country, you know, Tobacco Road and all that. How did the fans take to you? How did they take to the sport? What was your experience like there? Uh, well, when I got there, I signed in uh, Albany just uh, about two years after they won the Cup, I think. So uh, I did go up for a little bit when um, John Graham got hurt. I, I backed up for two games, and uh, they were selling out every game. You know, they won the Cup, and it was it was a big, uh, big hot commodity there in, in Carolina. And, uh, you know, slowly for the next two or three years after that it started to die down a little bit and when i was there we went to the conference finals and lost to uh pittsburgh pittsburgh swept us four straight but we had a good run we had a good team uh again the crowds came back and it seems like when there's a good team there the crowds do come back it's just when it's when things aren't going well it, it starts to die down a little bit uh and right now i think they're they're doing a little better the team's playing really well right now and i think the fans are slowly starting to, to creep back so as a hockey fan, and I've brought this up before, they're doing the the stick taps, the salute at the end of the games, and they're yeah, putting together. Yeah. It's almost the whole team is invested in these. I don't even know how to describe what it is. It's it's just purely awesome. And I know you've seen it. And what do you think of something like that? Can we? Don work? Cherry didn't like it too much. And who cares what Don Cherry says? Well, at this you know, point? a lot of people. <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> I, can we get the comments to do this? Yeah. He's like, no. You know what? The, the fans like it. <clears throat> I'm not sure what the players deep down think of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking with other players that I play with and around the league, they're kind of like, that's kind of embarrassing as a player to do that. Yeah. But if the fans like it, you know, they're there paying money. And um, if they're there to watch that, then, then hey, let them do it. Let's, uh, let's assess what's been going on on the ice, though. Let's actually focus on the task at hand these past few games. Michael Layton, Utica Comets goaltender here in Comets Insider, 94.9 K-Rock. We're at 10-cent wing night at the 72 Tavern and Grill, attached right to the side of the bank. Scoop, uh, overall, you know, it's the, it's the ups and downs of a season. A couple of losses, uh, but then that one overtime win was exhilarating. But in general, what are you seeing in front of these past few games as you're battling through a long season from the boys? Uh, I think when I first got here, we we were playing really well, and I think we'd get down a couple goals, and then all of a sudden, bang, 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 we'd score two or three goals right in a row, and uh, we were flying pretty good. And I think in the last few weeks, we've had uh, some some guys getting sick, called up, injured, uh, trades. Yeah, the trades, flu has really flu, been an yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. So that that definitely puts a damper on your team. We have guys coming up from the East Coast, and and those guys have done a great job filling in, but it's just not you know your normal guys. On, on you know on the lines together and they're not clicking as good so we're, we might not be scoring as many goals you know in the last week or two and that's been hurting us uh, 
but overall, I think we're, we got to be happy with the way things are going. Give us a, a little bit of assessment on how you're working with, you, you know, your Guillaume Brisebois or Sots, who's now back up in Vancouver, or Chatty and some of these guys. I mean, get a good core. Blue just is another one that comes to mind. I always think he plays a hard, heavy, physical game. But assess the, the guys that are in front of you. Yeah, we got a good decor. Um, a lot of them move the puck really well, good shots. Uh, you know, a lot of them can play offense, can jump in, mm-hmm. jump in the play and make plays. And Jesse from time to time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, really it's, it's still young in my time here and we're still kind of trying to get things sorted out in, in certain situations and uh, I think the PK of late's struggled a little bit not you know nobody's fault it's just things are going in that uh, you know bad bounces whatever here and there and uh, you know that's hockey it just happens but I think uh, overall we got a good decor. Syracuse on Wednesday night you've got experience on both sides of this uh, equation now uh your thoughts on that rivalry and how it is here i mean you've experienced other hockey rivalries in your career does this compare to anything does it bring anything to mind not the first rodeo for michael late no sure. no it's it's like any other rivalry and obviously uh the fans here were great last time we played them here and uh you obviously want to beat those teams and give your fans uh something to cheer about what, what about in your nhl career do any rivalries really stand out to you that were just electric when you took the ice uh, usually every time the Rangers, uh, we went to New York and played in Madison Square Garden or uh, the Rangers came to us, or Jersey is always a good one. So, yeah, that's uh, when I was with Philly. Take us back to when you were drafted. It's, it's been 18 years, but you never forget that day. How exciting was that? What, what's the first memory that comes to mind thinking about draft day for you? Well, I, I, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get drafted. Uh, I talked with my agent before, and he said, well, I'd, I'd kind of prefer you not to go to the draft just because if you don't get drafted, it's it's crushing to some some young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I stayed home. Uh, I was on the computer, and they, they did have Internet back then. <laughs> uh, and I was just researching and then going over the list, and uh, bang, sixth round, my name was there. And I was like, oh, hey. That's cool. And then about 10 minutes later, five minutes later, I got a call from the Blackhawks and congratulated me. I can verify I'm older than you. They did have internet (laughs) back then, I I swear. Uh, Tell us real quick about the experience in the KHL. I don't know about you, Scoop, but I'm always fascinated by guys that go over and play in Russia. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. Um, Yeah, that was my first time overseas at all. I've never been to Europe, never been over there. So culture shock, the food was different, Uh, people are different. Donetsk was a pretty good city. Uh, it was. Uh, obviously, that stuff went down in the Ukraine. That's kind of hurt the city quite a bit. But uh, hockey-wise, you know, there's a lot of skill over there. It's just it's just a totally different game. There's, uh, there's not much hitting, no fighting. Uh, the game is fast. It's got the bigger ice. So for me, I didn't find it that difficult to play there. Uh, with the bigger ice, you feel like you have more time uh, to get across and, and, and to move around the net which, you know, here it's it's so cramped that, you know, if there's a play, it could be bang-bang in the back of your net before you even turn around. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the hockey aspect of it. Obviously, it was tough being away from home. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's did interesting. Did your family stay home when they you They stayed up? home, yeah. Uh, it's uh, 
my my son was born that year too so that was that was obviously the, the most difficult part is my son being born i was in in the ukraine so that was that was tough i did get to come home uh three or four times which was good just for you know three or four days quick quick visits but it was tough that's a tough flight too this is michael layton he's number 49 and goaltender for the utica comets this is utica comets insider at the 72 tavern and grill with 94.9 k-rock we're going to ask more about your missus and the family when we come back let's go comets let's saucer pass back to rayman and scoop on comets insider you live from the 72 tavern and grill on 94.9 k-rock Blue, Slocum Dixon, and Pathfinder Bank. You can listen every Monday night on the K-Rock app as well. You can stream us, krock.com. You can ask Alexa to enable the K-Rock Utica skill. And, of course, if you missed any of our earlier conversation with Michael Layton of your Utica comments, we'll have it posted later. iTunes, Google, uh, look for our social media links for audio, K-Rock CNY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram stories. Michael Layton, he has played all over. You are a hockey journeyman. You would be the definition of that. Uh, and, and your family hasn't always been able to travel with you. That's got to be tough, especially if you go to the Ukraine, for crying out loud, and your son is born while you're over there. Uh, boy, that just has to be a, a weird, emotional place to find yourself. Tell us about your family a little bit and and how supportive they are with you being here in Utica, New York. Uh, they've been great, you know, my whole career, especially my wife. Um, you know, we, we started dating in junior, and, and she's been with me my whole pro career. Uh, she's Was this been, uh, when you were a Windsor Spitfire? Windsor Spitfire. I met her my, my first year, and we started dating my last year. So we were dating my last year and uh, been with her ever since. So uh, she's been amazing. She's... Uh, She's done a lot. People don't realize, you know, the sacrifices some of the wives make, you know, for for, for us players. But obviously with my career, I've been uh, traveling around a lot, and she's been with me quite a bit with the kids. And as the kids got older, it, it's definitely got harder, you know, for them to, to kind of uproot home and, and move to where I am. Uh, the last, uh, last time they were with me was in... Uh, uh, Rockford, Illinois. So we were there for two years, which worked out good. But that was really the only AHL city I've been in for, for more than uh, two years. You want to say a few more nice things about her? Believe me, there's a link out there. Oh, you can center the podcast, yeah, Michael. There's there's a million things I could say about her. And obviously, like, like I said, it, you know, my, my oldest daughter's 12. Uh, middle is nine and my youngest is five so it's really hard for uh, you know to move them out of their schools and with their friends and, and activities they have outside of uh school you know and and bring them here and, and kind of you know start all over so uh, this year was actually really great you know as much as i wanted to play for me to be home for for half a season and, and just be really that's the normal life to be home you know i was home for christmas i was home for new year's you know, I've never, I've never had a chance to really do that. So uh, it was kind of special to be home. And, uh, you know, when I retire, it's, I'm really looking forward to it, to, to being home and being with my family. What region of the country, or I don't know if you, you're in, living in Canada, don't give out your address. You don't even have to say necessarily the city. Just the, where is home base based on all of the different places that yeah. you have lived? Where did you ultimately settle? Uh, LaSalle, Ontario, which is Windsor. So, so yeah, basically. Just, just, just beside Windsor. Kind yeah. of back home. Yeah. Relatively close to family and grandparents yeah. and things like that. Which yeah. 
since you can't be home with the travel and things like that, at least they have that stability. That's it's it's huge, and not a lot of guys are able to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been good. What about mom and dad? Because it goes from you know hockey moms and hockey dads taking care of things, and then now your wife is, is kind of holding down the home front. But let's hear a little bit about mom once again. You can text the podcast to tell her how great she is. Uh, <laughs> touchy subject. Okay, let's uh, we'll go away from that. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. My parents were great growing up and uh, supporting me in my career. And and as I turned pro, things kind of changed a little bit. So that, that was that's been tough there. Yeah, I told you, shut me down anytime <laughs> I say anything. If you want to go there, tell us about the Baz Bastion Award. I believe I saw that you won that. Tell everybody what that is, and of course, you winning it. Uh, I was just a top goalie for the AHL um, that year. I was in uh, Albany, and we had a. You know, not the most skilled team, but we had a good, good, solid core team and, and played good defensive hockey that year. Uh, Tom Rowe was our coach. Uh, so really, really uh, kind of a hard-nosed coach and, and really Im- implemented the systems into our head. And, and we just had a, a great year. We got wins. Every win was 2-1, one, one nothing, you know, 3-1. Uh, we had a good group. We just couldn't make it uh, past the first round. We played a good team. But uh, it was it was a great season. That was the the year I had the 101 shots in yeah. one game in in, in uh, five overtimes. So that was it was just a really good year. Things just worked out really good for me, and uh, I was rewarded with a, a one way contract for two years with Very Carolina good. after that. Michael Layton with us, number 49 goalie for the Utica Comets on Utica Comets Insider at the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K Rock Scoop. When you look back on your career. Maybe it's that award you got that year in the AHL. Maybe it's the Stanley Cup final. But what are some of the moments that really stand out to you as being the most special, the most rewarding, the things that you go, wow, that was really cool, and I'm going to remember that forever? Uh, obviously, the the Philly run to the Stanley Cup finals is something that, that, that pretty much made my career, regardless of what I did. Uh, <clears throat> just playing in the Stanley Cup finals, like you said earlier, there's not 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 a lot of goalies can say they did that. Even if they're, you know, signed a 10-year deal making seven million dollars a year, you dream of that when you're career and you dream of that when you're a kid it. playing yeah. on the pond. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that that was definitely special. Uh, uh, playing in Rockford, I got my uh, 46 shutout and 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 a beating Johnny Bauer in the shutout record. Um, you know that was pretty special having my family there to come on the ice and and give me a hug after that. That was that was crazy. So. Did you have you had a shutout in your very first game after your, your when you finally got called up by the Chicago Blackhawks? Is that true too? Yeah, yeah. My first start uh, was against Arizona, so uh, we we ended up tying zero zero, which you can't do now. But went in overtime, no one scored, so it was uh, it's actually a record that me and Zach Burke were the were, were the first goalies to get our first shutouts together in a zero zero tie. That's that's just it's his first shutout, my first shutout, my first game. So you get the call. You're all day. You're dealing with, I guess, the butterflies and the nerves of your first NHL game. Then you're sitting there afterwards, and you pitch a shutout. What are you thinking? I mean, that's a dream come true as well. Nobody thinks they expects that they're going to be sitting there with that happening to them. It was definitely. Pretty crazy. It just sucked that we didn't get a win. That's for sure, for sure. <laughs> to, to say you got a shutout, you know, winning one nothing in your first NHL game is a lot better than hey, we tied zero zero. So it was very special. That's that's something you'll always remember as your first game. With Kubi uh, being sent back down, I wanted to ask about uh, Merrick Mazanitz and getting to know him a little bit, and, and now working with him. He obviously got the start in the last game. Uh, and what, what do you? How's the relationship going with him? 
Well, like I said uh, to you earlier about meeting new guys and everything, I, I've never actually met him, but I've played against him probably 30 or 40 times, and we always chat at the red line. Very yeah. nice guy, very approachable. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a big guy, great goaltender. He's still fairly young, and uh, he's got a lot of potential. Like I said, he, he's big and moves really well for a big guy, and he just moves smooth and makes the game look easy. With your NHL experience, who are some of the players you played against who, when they were skating down the ice, you know, the guys that you were like, this guy's really good. I got I to gotta have my best moment right now. Who are some of the guys that really dazzled you when you had to play against them? You knew that, boy, if I, if I give this guy too much room, he's going to take it. Yeah, I, I played one game against Mario Lemieux. So, that, again, it makes me look old, but uh, that was that was super special. After the game, I'm just sitting in my locker room like, wow, I just played against one of the greatest hockey players ever. I, I never got to play against Gretzky, which would have been cool. But uh, every time Lemieux touched the ice, he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't the fastest player, but he could shoot the puck and, and make passes that you wouldn't even think were going were gonna to happen. You know, he'd be on the half wall and all of a sudden, zing, he throws a cross ice to a guy for a one-timer and you're like, where the heck did that come from? Uh, so that, w- that was pretty cool. Um, but for me, the most dangerous is Alexander Ovechkin. Every time he touched the ice, you had to be ready because he, he got the puck and you'd be skating, you know, one-on-two with your defenseman, and he pulls it back and has like a slingshot wrister coming at you. Uh, it's scary. Every time he touches it, and obviously on the power play, you know he's there. You, even when he shoots it and you know he's there, he's still going to beat you, so you got to be ready for it every single time. Last question. All I need is a name. Who was the who was the goalie that made you want to be a goalie when you were a kid? Felix Potvin. That works. And uh, uh, who was the other guy? Alan Bester. Ah. Who, again, makes me look old, but Alan Bester was my first real goalie. That, uh, if you ever watched the Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em, sure. uh, Alan Bester had a segment in there. Loved the guy. Great glove. Made everything look flashy. Uh, I grew up watching him, and then once Felix Pavan came in, boom, done. Welcome to the Utica Comets. It's been nice to watch you play. This is Michael Layton, number 49, on your Utica Comets. Nice enough to join us on Insider here at the 72 Tavern and Grill. Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch will join us next. Corey Hergott from Canucks Army at about 745. We'll take a quick break. It's 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider Grind Line with Rain Man the Rocket and Scoop the Cement Head. It is Comets Insider brought to you by LaBap, Blue Slocum, Dixon, and Pathfinder Bank. Streaming at krock.com. The K-Rock app is another way you can listen. If you missed our conversation with Michael Layton, we're going to have it posted later on Facebook, Twitter, at KROCKCNY, on Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Thanks for the save. I was uh, helping Michael Layton. He, he's partaking in the 10-cent wings. I had to show him where to go so he could get those. Ben, how you doing, man? We have... Uh, my mic on? Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. We Good, got guys. You. Thanks for having me. How are you? So everybody should take a look. Uh, ben has, I want to see it again. Look at this shirt. We were talking oh, about the Carolina Hurricanes sure. and what they do post-game. Uh, so I don't know if uh, Scoop saw this. Michael's still here. Take a look at that. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I had to. It was too much fun. I just, I, I had to, I had to get it. You had to get it. That's it, great. It's, it's an interesting thing that they do at the end of the games, and, and I asked Michael if maybe the, comet, the Comets would do something like that. I don't think we're going to see anything like that at the Adirondack Bank Center. Uh, but 
What do you want to talk about as far as this team? I mean, do we talk about the players available for a playoff run, assuming that we get there, especially now that we're past NHL trade deadline? Uh, we can talk about that Cam Darcy overtime goal that was spectacular. Why don't we let Ben direct the conversation? Well, yeah, What's top of mind with you? I've seen you tweeting about the flu, and you know, I wonder how much that has to do with our inability to score lately. That's just uh, the real problem. Well, uh, we'll start. Uh, the AHL trade deadline was today. Uh, there were, I think, two total trades through the whole league. Comets and that were not one of them. Uh, the, the way that I thought about it was that who are you going to give up to get maybe like a, another defenseman? Like this forward group seems to do pretty well together. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like you've got guys out right now. You know, you're missing Kiro with an injury. You're missing Wacey Hamilton with an injury. Uh, other guys have been in and out with, with that flu that uh, I've been worried about uh, getting, maybe thinking about buying a bubble uh, so I don't get sick. <laughs> John Travolta uh, movie? Wasn't he in a movie? The Boy the, in the Bubble. The Boy in the Bubble back in the day. So I think a, lo- a little bit of his luck, maybe. Uh, I mean, you look at back on Wednesday, they had three or four chances that were right in the crease and somehow couldn't get it to go in. And then, you, you know, you look at Friday, come back from deficits twice, and then uh, Saturday, you run into Mike McKenna, who looked like he was playing pretty well. Um, it, it, I think it's a little bit of a mix of you're missing some of your maybe your better players, and you're maybe not having as much luck as you'd like. Uh, you know, and, and this time of year, that that's tough because then the things get a little bit more tighter, and they were already you know tight as it is. So we've got uh, what uh, 18 games left here. It's going to be a fight to the end. Scoop brought up yesterday. Uh, we were doing on Brother Station ESPN Radio Sportzilla. We were talking about the Comets, and that's exactly what you said. You said they're not scoring goals lately. And that seems to be the issue. When you're scoring one goal, you know, you're going to have a hard time winning games. And I wonder, with the illnesses and with some of the, the trades and losing Jonathan Dowell, not that he's solely responsible. responsible. No, we, we didn't have Zach McEwen. He just right. came back. Call-ups in and, you know, up and down and things like that. And it still takes a little bit of time to redevelop the chemistry because everybody's thrown out of whack in their routine, which is very important, actually. I mean, guys get to the rink at the same time. They have the same processes throughout pregame warm-ups and then during the game. And, and when you when you mess with that, it takes a day or two. It's understandable. They're, they're humans as well at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Saturday, they had, uh, what, 39 shots on goal? Yeah. You put 39 shots on goal, you're doing a few things right. So it, I, I think they're getting the opportunities, the same thing uh, as Wednesday, and then obviously, you know, they win in overtime on, on Friday. Uh, it, it's going to take a little bit of time getting getting things when you have new lines going. Um, so I, I think if they continue to mesh and find their way here. Uh, I, I think it'll only be good for them. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting with Belleville now in the mix again. I think you've got uh, three teams from third to fifth place that are gonna be duking it out here for the next couple weeks. And McKenna, we had we had mentioned yesterday was a guy a couple weeks ago. They beat him five to two, and then yesterday gives up one goal. You never know from game to game. But the Comets have the crunch coming up for a couple and i mean you don't want to talk about important games in the division uh they've got f- their five games better five more wins five less losses it's a good team it's of course important to the rivalry as well these are some exciting games and they've really got to get it together for that, these coming up that planet fitness galaxy cup on the line, of course. Yeah. It, Among there, other things. Yeah. You know, the, the bigger cup. Yeah. There's, the Calder Cup. There's a lot on the line, but there, there's some guys playing really well. Let's uh, let's get your thoughts on 
Good night, Michael Layton's uh, has taken off from us. Oh, his food smells good. He just went to walk by with some more wings. But the Cam Darcy goal, the overtime goal, uh, was spectacular. I know you said you were out of town, Ben. So I'll make the I'll make the excuse you weren't at the game, which is very rare. But you saw the video. I saw the the highlights, and that's that is a spectacular play by Cam Darcy. The hands and the the patience to come across in front like that and to just kind of chip it in over the goalie. I mean, that... And then you, you talk about Reed Boucher's goal earlier in the game from an angle that I don't even think anyone tries to, you know, even says, okay, I'll, I'll shoot this, and then he, you know, he does, and it goes in. Like. In his last two games at the Adirondack Bank Center, Reed Boucher has had two goals straight-up snipes. That's the term that they use in hockey where he had a tiny window to fit a puck, and he did. Like, very few guys can make shots like that. It was, he's been spectacular. He broke his own record. He's got the Comets single-season goal-scoring record now. He's put I, I up a lot of points. Know. I don't know how he doesn't get another look in Vancouver. I mean, I've, and I've seen you tweet to that effect. You know, it's, I think it's something where it's not maybe a similar role. Uh, in the NHL as he has down here. He's playing top line minutes. He's on the power play. I don't know if he necessarily gets those same minutes and that same role when he goes up. Yeah, he's definitely bumped down. So, you know, you ask a guy to play a different role, it's not going to be the same thing. This is Ben Burnell with Scoop and myself. My name is Rain Man. Utica Comets Insider. Every Monday night, 10 cent wings here at the 72 Tavern with 94.9 K-Rock. Michael Layton, who was our guest for our first two segments, has solidified. At one point, Mike McKenna, who we just talked about, Scoop, was almost an option and almost a goaltender here. Ivan Kulbakov has just been sent back down to Kalamazoo. Thatcher Demko out for the beginning of the year. We've had to talk about this a number of times, uh, but now he's back injured in Vancouver for a short time. He's back healthy up there. Michael Layton has solidified the situation in goal for the Comets. The entire Vancouver Canucks organization was in disarray for basically, it felt like about two weeks uh, between Markey being out, DiPietro having to be called up. It's it's settled now. It seems to be overall assessment of Michael Layton taking on that role. Yeah, he stepped in and and I've, I've, I've said this to other people too, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect with Michael coming back. I mean, he even said that he was contemplating retirement and then, you know, it comes back in win six straight after after dropping his first one and i mean he you know trent call likes those calming presences back there and he is and michael layton is one of those guys and has played well for these these guys and i i like you said it solidified it and they need that this time of year and especially if they do make the playoffs now you've got two veteran guys you've got merrick mazanic coming in too and i I think he's going to help the situation uh, I think that's great considering they've had six now goaltenders playing a game, which is a record. Isn't that crazy? For for the Comets. Um, you know, so it, it can only help to have two veteran guys. What did you think? And Scoop, you addressed this as well. Uh, I have I gave Scoop a list of players that are available for the playoffs, assuming the Comets make it. A few names that I was surprised maybe didn't at least get papered down, the paper transaction to make them eligible would have been Thatcher Demko, who was not, and Luke Shen, who was here for a few games before going up. He seems to really be well-liked by Travis Green and the Canucks up there. I think he's, he's riding the, the, the rest of the season out up there, obviously. Uh, but ad- address all that. What do you think? Well, once they, signed, or once they traded for uh, Mazanik and then signed Leighton, both to NHL deals, I said there's 
probably no chance Thatcher Demko is papered down uh, for the rest of the season or the playoffs. And, I mean, that obviously happened. The one I, I thought would be Luke Shen, I thought he would have been back. Uh, but you only have four recalls right. uh, from the trade deadline to the rest of the season. And they've already used two. You've already used two. So you add Shen into the mix, that's three. And if you want to get a guy like Jalen Chatfield up, well, then that, you know that's your last one. And then maybe you want to keep another one up for someone else that surprises you and you want to get a look at the end. Uh, I thought maybe Adam Gaudet might have a chance. You want to get a young guy like that. You know, more experience, that that playoff experience. But uh, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And uh, I really, really thought the big one uh, was Luke Shen. It seems like the guys around here really drew to him mm-hmm. and his experience, and he kind of settled things down. He slowed the game down on yeah, the back and line. Him and uh, Ashton Sautner formed a really good physical pair, and I thought that was a tremendous help for them. So I was a little bit surprised not to see... Luke Shen come back, but you know that's the way things happen sometimes. But I mean, you've you know you've seen Guillaume Brisebois his game grow. Jalen Chatfield's had a little bit tougher year with the injuries, but you know he's up there too. And Evan Mackinnon, he's been a quarterback on the power play, and I know he's getting better, you know, defensively too, coming back from that injury last year. So uh, you know Jesse Graham too, like Michael Layton said too, uh, also kind of steps in and helps. And you look at Colton Saucerman. Uh, he has been a solid defenseman Very. since they brought him in. Um, and, and, you know, I think that back end continues to work and continues to get better. And if they can hit a stride here, I think that uh, serves the Comets well. Celery Award winning journalist Ben Burnell with the Observer Dispatch. He's going to hang with us for our final segment. And we have Corey Hergott from Canucks Army, who's a regular contributor, is going to join us on the phone next. And we'll keep it going. 72 Tavern and Grill, Utica Comets Insider, 94.9 K-Rock. We'll be right back. Utica! Here's two guys that like to put the biscuit in the basket. Rain Man and Scoop on Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. I had to make a kick save for Michael Layton to find out how to pay for his uh, wings and 10-cent wing night here at the 72 Tavern. Oh, so I got a save from Scoop. Thank you, man. Oh, no no problem. You know, it's, it's uh, chaotic here sometimes doing this broadcast because there's plates of food going everywhere. And, you get uh, distracted by the smell. People want pictures with uh, hockey players, and so it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of... You never know what kind of wild card you're going to be dealt. Lates has been here a couple times as well during Comets Insider. You'll see players pop in here aside from just the ones that we're interviewing. We're going to work on Jamie Cyphers in the very near future. Cam Darcy was hanging out here last Monday night. And lo and behold, he's an overtime game winner. Sauce has been here a few times. Blue just has been here a few times. Some of the other guys as well, but we're just name dropping, so we look really cool. Ben Burnell is with Scoop and myself. My name is Rain Man. On the phone from Canucks Army. Who a guy who got a, a little bit reflective and was extending his gratitude to the Twitter sphere, the Twitter sphere uh, of course based in Vancouver, but watches every single second of every Utica Comets game and is as well informed about this team as anybody in the Utica market. I think even Ben will agree, and he's in the building uh, watching these games. But Corey Hergott is with us, at Corey, H-E-R-G-O-T-T. We tell you all the time, if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter if you're a Comets fan, just to follow him. And, of course, Ben, you'll know everything that's going on. Corey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you fellas doing? 
Very good. Thank you. I want to break down the, the list of available playoff performers or possible players for the Comets if we get there. I thought that would be something to ask Corey to assess. Uh, what are the, the top couple of lines based on who's available? The, you know, the top few defensive pairings, you know, who are those top six for the team? Leighton obviously is a great option in goal, but uh, assess what we've got to work with. Well, I, I know Trent Cole, and, and I sometimes disagree on how the lines, um, you know, are, are laid out, but I, I, I don't often, um, you know, I might not have my lines up lined up the same way as him, but I don't, don't necessarily disagree with how he does things. Uh, for me, I'd probably be looking at something like Boucher, Carroll, and McEwen uh, as a line. Uh, maybe Pyatt, Gaunt, and, and Yashik as a line. Uh, Banks, Darcy, and Lind as a line. Arsenal, Woods, and Gajevich as a line. Uh, and then you've got guys like uh, Kyle Thomas, Tracy Hamilton, and Reed Gardner who can, uh, who can step in if somebody gets injured or if the coach wants a different look. Uh, I have a feeling that Trent Cole will probably work Tracy Hamilton in there on one of those lines at least anyway, so that might uh, leave one of those players from my list up front. Uh, on the back end, I'd probably look at keeping uh, Guillaume Briefois with James Seiters now that, uh, that Luke Shannon is up top. Um, I'd have Ashton Sautner with uh, Jalen Chatfield and probably run with some combination of Evan McEnany with uh, either Stefan LeBlanc or Dylan Lugis as the third pair. And then, of course, we've got Graham Anselmini and uh, Saucerman who are also available. So I, I think the coaching staff can roll out some pretty sound lines that can uh, do work at both ends of the ice. So I think it should be a fun, a fun team to watch the, uh, the rest of the way. Corey, it's long been said that a, a team can ride a hot goaltender all the way to a championship and you know the other side of the coin is that you know goaltending can can lose a good team otherwise a championship or or a deep playoff run but i'm curious since you watch all this comets hockey which you see as the keys over this final stretch of 18 games for the comets to get into the playoffs and then some keys to make a nice run in the playoffs for this team well, I think the special teams will have to get dialed in a little bit better than they've been. The penalty kill's been especially uh, troublesome lately. Um, you know, it's the way the pucks are bouncing for them at this time of year, I guess. But, uh, you know, the comments since I've been watching them anyway, have kind of had a, a, you know, a power play in the, in the upper half of the league and, and have done quite well on that end of things. And, uh, so it's a little little strange to see them sitting, you know, in the in the bottom ten-ish area as they are, as they have been lately. So I definitely think the, the penalty kill is going to need to get uh, cleaned up a bit. Uh, the power play, if they start uh, pumping a few more goals in, I think that'll help as well. I, I really do like having uh, the addition of Leighton and Zanets, you know, in net. Um, I, I really like a lot of what Ivan Polakov could do, but uh, the, the two veterans are going to give the team a much more stabilized uh, back end there, and I think that's really going to help. So it's Corey Hergott with Canucks Army with us here. Utica Comets Insider live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. Scoop and rain here as well, but we've invited on Mike 3 from the Observer Dispatch, Ben Burnell. So now it's your turn. 
I agree with uh, with Corey on the special teams, uh, especially on the penalty kill. I, I know they've talked about being a little bit more disciplined, uh, but regardless of whether you know that happens, you, you have to be better on the penalty kill. And I know Trent Cole has talked about working better on that. And and I agree on, on the penalty or the power play. I know guys are getting different looks there. Uh, I like the uh, the look of the the younger guys on the uh, the second unit recently with. Yashik Lind and, and Gadjevich. Uh, I, I think they've found some pretty good chemistry on that one. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how how lines and, and everything roll out once they start getting guys like Kiro and, and Blugis in a few weeks. Uh, I know both are skating. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how things get rolled out and how, how quickly these guys gel over these last uh, 18 games uh, for the regular season as everyone kind of makes a push for the playoffs. Corey, how does this team score some more goals? What do we got to see change? Uh, little tweaks to the process, to the details? Because uh, that's obviously, and Scoop has alluded to this a couple times, I uh, get to give credit where it's due. He made the observation. But it's clearly something they've been lacking the last handful of games. Well, man, if I had the answer to that, I'd be getting paid as a coach <laughs> instead of a writer. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think it's just getting more shots on that or pucks through the traffic, uh, like Reed Boucher proved the other night, you know, shoot from anywhere. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I really, I've noticed the last couple of games, Zach McEwen, I think, has put up six shots in each of the last couple of games. So, you know, if more guys uh, do that sort of thing, I, I've noticed Boucher hasn't been credited with as many shots lately. And um, if he can start getting more shots on that, that's going to help as well. I mean, even if he doesn't score, he's creating a rebound and another scoring opportunity. So more shots on that and uh, get the power play clicking a little more. And I, I agree with Ben on uh, seeing those young guys looking good on that second unit as well. Corey, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to go through all of the players that you were tweeting about yesterday, but you gave a, a, basically a scouting report on a number of the prospects within or on the Utica Comets that, you know, have a chance potentially to get a call-up at some point or at least in the near future for the Canucks. I just want you to give me this. The last thing I want to have you comment on, just give me a, a relatively quick answer as to what inspired you to do that, and I'll direct everybody to your Twitter feed to read some of this because you really learn a, a lot about these guys and how they progressed from the beginning of the season to where we are now and maybe where they're going to end up at the end of the year, and that's at Corey Hergott. H-E-R-G-O-T-T, -T. but go ahead. Well, for I'll touch on what started it or what brought it on to begin with. Um, as somebody who's, uh, who's a cancer survivor, every once in a while I just get in a, I, just, I get a little bit emotional and I, I feel really super grateful for, for a lot of the things that I've been able to experience, uh, you know, since I, I found out that I was sick years ago, so... That's kind of what brought it on. I was feeling really grateful for the opportunities that I've been given working for Canucks Army. And, and uh, you know, and I, I like to be able to talk positively about positive things going on with the team. And I mentioned a bunch of the players uh, who I've seen taking positive steps. And to be able to be part of that in, in even the smallest of ways as a, as a writer has been something that... Uh, you know, I really, I really appreciate and I, I value and, and being able to speak with guys like you and guys like Ben and, and uh, feel like I'm a peer of, of, uh, of you guys in this sort of a business. It's, it's been just been a big, it's been a fun thing for me and I really appreciate it. So that's just kind of where that went yesterday. I was just feeling appreciative. 
Great read if you get a chance on Corey's timeline on Twitter. I highly recommend you go there. We appreciate you, your contributions, as they say in hockey stick taps. That's Corey Hergott with Canucks Army. Thanks to Ben Burnell. My name is Rain. Thanks to Michael Layton, a goalie for the Utica Comets, for joining us. Next Monday, we'll be back again at 7 o'clock for 10 Cent Wings and Utica Comets Insider. The last word always goes to Scoop on 94.9 K Rock. Beat those crunchies. Go Comets!